going to go ahead and get right into the word today and dive into those together and if not you'll be able to read along with us as we go forward and do what we believe God has called us to do. Let's set the atmosphere with prayer this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word, your living word. We thank you for leading us today and for guiding us by your spirit. We thank you for helping us, O oh Lord, to experience, Lord, your Shekinah glory today. We thank you for helping us to uh, be on one accord with what you have said and what you are saying. We just thank you, O oh Father God, for setting this atmosphere as we study your word today. Give us illumination, give us revelation, give us knowledge of your word that we might grow and develop in you like never before. So let's get into this word this morning. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Matthew chapter 11. We have already made it all the way 10 chapters our first week, so I want to encourage you all to stay tuned in because it's going exceptionally well. If you did tune in on uh, Friday, we talked about finances, my second favorite subject, and we really set the foundations and laid a powerful foundation for you all to grow financially. I believe God wants you to prosper. I believe God wants you to reign. I believe God wants you to dominate. So let's dive into this word. We're in Matthew, the chap chapter 11, and we are going to start off by reading the first verse, and let's dive into it. So Matthew, the chapter 11, and the first verse is, and it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. So one of the things we see here as we're studying the word of God that's so powerful is that Jesus, he's uh, sends the apostles off. He says, go cast out devils, go heal the sick. You know, uh, 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 don't take anything with you. They're going to take good care of you. And then we see miraculously Jesus, when he leaves, he doesn't leave and become dormant. He leaves and continues his work. The Bible is telling us right here that he went after he departed from them to teach and to preach in their cities. So he went forth to continue to teach and minister the word. That's what I love about him. Jesus is always speaking. If somebody told you he was quiet, he's always speaking, ministering, teaching through the power of his spirit. Today, he's still doing the same thing. Let's look at uh, verses uh, 2 real quickly and 3. Look at what it says. It says, Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? So here we see that John, he is asking Jesus, uh, good to see you this morning, George Ann. He's asking Jesus, uh, are you the one? Now this is very powerful because uh, one of the things I want you guys to understand when we read the word and we study the word together is that you're going to see some of these same things that happen in your life. So the word of God is a tutor. It shows us. Um, um, what is to come for us to stand by faith when it does come. Now look at what happened in John's life. So John already declared when he first saw Jesus, uh, he said, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was flowing in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, and he already declared who Jesus was. But when time had passed, he's in prison, Jesus didn't come to see him. <laughs> you know, the scripture don't really say, but the reality of it is, is that when time passed, a lot of times, so here we see <laughs> that John the Baptist, he's in prison, and we see he sends his disciples 
to see if what he prophesied is really true or is what God showed him is really true when he knew that everything that God had revealed to him was true. So what I'm telling you, this happens in our lives is when we find ourselves uh, after years have gone by and we haven't seen the promise, we find ourselves saying, Lord, did you really say I was going to have a kid? Did you really say I was going to get married? Did you really say I was going to have my own ministry? Did you really say uh, uh, I was going to be prosperous? Because all I can see is these bars. <laughs> John, is it true that you are the Messiah? And if you are the Messiah, why? Um, um, glean, if you gleam into the word of God, God is show you your life in his word. It happens to us a lot. So let's go to the next scripture. Look at this. Let's go on to uh, Matthew, the 11th chapter, the 4th through the 6th verse. Look at what it says. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do see and, and do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, and the leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So here, this is very powerful because when Jesus uh, reveals to John who he is, he doesn't reveal to John who he is based on the words that he's saying or the words that he said or the words that he is saying. He tells John, go and see. So he reveals to him who he is by the deeds, not words. This is very powerful. There are a lot of people that try to come and tell you, do you know who I am? I'm this, 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 this. The reality of it is, is that God is showing that we are by our deeds, not based on what we just say. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So we have to be a people that are willing to allow people to gleam into our life so they can see by looking at our lifestyle, by looking at our discipline, by looking at our focus, who we really are. So Jesus was very powerful in this. And then he goes on. Let's look at uh, verses 7. We're going to look at verses uh, 7 through uh, 11. Let's look at what it says. It says, And as they departed, this is John's disciples, they departed. Uh, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, what went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind. Now, uh, 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 Jesus is going to reveal to the disciples who John was. He said, what did you go out to the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet, yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before you. Before thee, verse 11, let's look at verse 11 together. Verse 11 says, Verily I say unto you, Oh, yeah, verily I say unto you, among them that are born of a woman, there have not risen a greater than John. Verse 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. So we're seeing here something very powerful. Jesus is revealing to them who John is so that they can grab a hold of the revelation 
and see that he was the forerunner. He was the individual that it was written about that he should come. And Jesus showed them, look, you can see who I am by my deeds, and now I'm going to tell you who John was, and you saw it in his life through his, through his deeds. So Jesus is really making it plain for people to see uh, 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 the power of really uh, uh, people that are on assignment that he would never dishonor, but he would always reveal so that they could go forth and carry out their assignment and so the people would know who they are. That's one of the things that I love about my walk with the Lord. He always reveals to me uh, who I'm connected to or individuals that come across my path. Even if they try to say they're this, that, and the other, God will show me this is who they really are. And I thank God for that. So I've learned throughout my years the Spirit is actually saying to me. So let's go back to this, uh, this scripture. So it says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, uh, 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 the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent taken by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. So John was the mediator. He was the first person that came to introduce Jesus. And then it says, and if ye will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. So he came in the spirit of Elias. He wasn't a reincarnation, but he came in the spirit of Elijah. And then it says, he that have ears, let him hear. So this is very powerful. Jesus is saying that now John came, and he came, when he came, he came to present the gospel, I mean the gospel of the kingdom, and now I'm here to present the gospel of the kingdom, and look at this. He says, whenever the gospel of the kingdom is presented accurately, people rush into it. I told you guys when, uh, last week when we were talking about the kingdom of God, I told you that the kingdom of God is really a government that goes wherever its citizens go. So you have to come to a place that once you understand this government that Jesus came to reestablish in the earth, you must understand that you will run into it once you see the value of it, once you see uh, 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 how this government has promised to heal, promised to deliver, has promised to give your life meaning, has promised to give your life purpose, has promised to reconnect you with the Father so that you can walk in your God-ordained purpose. It's not something that you just say, well, I'm going to wait on it. It's something that we actually run into when we have a proper understanding of it. So Jesus is revealing this through uh, John. So let's Let's go for go further and look at what it says in uh, verse 16. It says in verse 16 it says, but wherever, but who no, it says, but whereunto shall I liken this generation? So now Jesus is about to talk about this generation. It is like unto children sitting in the market and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He have a devil. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous a, and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom, look at this, uh, his audience now, he's saying to them something very powerful. He's saying, This generation, uh, uh, they, they, don't, they don't do what the word of God say 
they uh, do what they want to do. He was saying, this generation, you know, when one mourn, we tell them to mourn with those that mourn. We, told, we say, uh, tell you guys to rejoice with them that rejoice. We tell you to celebrate with them that celebrate. And this generation is off in the corner doing their own things. It reminds me of our generation because we all have our smartphones and whatever we're doing on our smartphones is our business, but we're off into our own world. And Jesus is saying, Wisdom is justified of her children. So those individuals that are uh, that will come and be a part of my movement, what I'm doing as I'm raising up or reestablishing the kingdom of God, those individuals, you're going to see that they do cooperate with my spirit. And I believe that in these last days, God is looking for people that will cooperate with the spirit of God, that would that would say, Lord, if you go, I'll go. That would say, Lord, if you tell me to do something, I'm going to say yes. That would say, Lord, I'm away. And, and I'm and I'm I'm waiting on you to give me my commission. And I believe we're we're dealing with people in these last days that will be willing to say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So let's go to verse 20 and let's check out verse 20 real quickly. Uh, and let's see uh, what it says. It says in verse 20, it says, Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of the mighty works were done because they repented not. So a lot of people say, oh man, you know, miracles happen. You know, my family will return if this happens, that happened. Listen, Jesus was doing signs. important for us to know as ministers that it might seem as if what we're doing is not effective uh, uh, to the world or even to the body of Christ. But the reality of it is we have to do what God has called us to do. And as we do what God has called us to do, if one don't even repent, we need to continue to do what God has called us to do because Jesus was doing every single miracle in the book. Blind eyes were being opened, ears, deaf ears, raising the dead, and people were still not repenting. And look at what he began to do. He began to upgrade those, those cities. Look at what he says. He says in verse 21, Woe unto you, Chorazin, woe unto you, uh, the Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloths and at the day of judgment, then for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, thou shalt be brought down to hell, for if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done, look at this, very powerful, in Sodom it would have remained until this day. So he's saying as bad as Sodom was, if they saw these might, that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. So Jesus is revealing to them saying, listen, you guys, God has sent you me in the flesh and you still don't want to cooperate. Just imagine Jesus was walking, bless you, Elder Chris, I love you, baby. Uh, Elder uh, 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 Jesus walking, walking in, in the town and walking in different streets, and and you seeing all these miracle signs and wonders, and and people are still being stubborn. People are still intellectually rejecting him. And oh my God, I mean, come on, what more could you ask for? So Jesus is very upset with them, and he's telling them, listen, you guys are something else. Your unbelief, your doubt is something else. And then look at what he goes on to verse 25. I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven, look at this, very powerful, and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemeth good in thy sight, verse 27, all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and do and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son revealeth 
reveal him. So we see here that the only person that is able through the word of God to reveal the father to us is the son. So when you see uh, entertainers and celebrities saying there are many other ways to the father, the reality of it is the scripture reveals to us over and over again Jesus is the only way. And the beautiful thing about Jesus being the only way is that he is the father in the flesh. He came as the father in the flesh. So he's kind, he's considerate, he's merciful. So anyone that really wants to know the father, Jesus will reveal them, if, reveal him if they're willing to repent, if they're willing to turn away from their old lifestyle, their old mentality, their old way of living and to turn to him. So we see here that Jesus is revealing constantly uh, the word of God to open the eyes of the people for them to enter into the kingdom of God. Very powerful. So look at what it says in verses, uh, one of my favorite scriptures that I, I love to go to, uh, Matthew, the 11th chapter, uh, the 28th through the 30th verse. Uh, uh, Jesus gives an invitation to personal discipleship and gives us a secret to rest. Look at what it says. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Chapter in the 30th verse, he's saying to us that we need to first do what? Come to him. And he said, as we come to him, we need to do what? Take his yoke. And then it says, as we take his yoke, we need to learn of him. And then he said, I want you to learn of me because I'm not the way a lot of people portray me. I am meek and I am lowly. I am humble and I esteem find rest unto your souls. So Jesus was given an invitation for us to stop trying to do life ourselves and continue to carry these heavy burdens. When we try to do life ourselves, we find ourselves frustrated. We find ourselves stressed. We find ourselves dealing with doubt, worry, fear, anxiety. But when we come before Jesus, Jesus is saying, I'm the only one that can really give you rest. All you have to do is trust in me, take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. And then he goes on to say, and this is very powerful because a lot of people, you know, when they deal with ministry or they, they get called, the first thing they like to say is, man, this is a lot of work. This is hard. And, and a lot of times it becomes a lot of work and hard because we things uh, 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 that he didn't tell us to do instead of continuing to do what he told us to do. So one of the things that Jesus loves to whisper in my ear when I want to uh, retract and go back to the place where I say, ministry is hard, oh, ministry is so hard, it's tough, uh, you know, in X, Y, Z, he always whispers in my heart and in my ear and say, son, ministry is rest. And that takes me right back to this scripture in Matthew, the 11th chapter, the 28th through the 30th verse. Jesus told me ministry is rest and the reason ministry is rest is when you follow after him, he will lead you into green pastures. As you follow after him, he will show you what you need to do and what you shouldn't be doing. Because a lot of times in ministry, what happens is that people push you to do things that God didn't tell you to do. People push you to say things that God didn't tell you to say. So we always have to strive to enter back into his rest so that we can reflect his kingdom, so that we can reflect his truth, so that we can walk in what he has called us to walk in. Now, in the Dakes Bible, Dakes kind of break down uh, some of the things that uh, Jesus revealed that the believer should take. Uh, uh, he broke down, number one, 
Jesus told them to take the yoke of Christ. Uh, number two, uh, Jesus told us in Luke 9.23 to take up the cross daily. Number three, Jesus told us in Matthew 6.25, take no thought for your life. And number four, Jesus told us in Matthew uh, um, 6.31, take no thought for raining. So these are some of the things that Jesus continues to tell us. And, and, and you have to understand today is that Jesus, uh, uh, his mindset was kingdom. And so what he's telling us to take, he's really telling us to take. When he tells us to take his yoke, he's saying, take my yoke, grab a hold of it, love it, embrace it, you know. And, and so we have to be a people that, that the Bible says, it talks about let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So we have to be a people that allow his mind to be in our mind, his mentality, his way of seeing things. And that's why I believe he wanted me to really uh, uh, study and go with you all throughout the whole body be Bible because of the reality. A lot of people, they're teaching the word of God, but people are really not seeing where God wants to take them in the word of God. So we want to take our time uh, uh, Monday through Friday at noon for you to really see it through his eyes, for you to really see it the way that he sees it. So let's go real quickly. Uh, let's go to uh, the uh, Matthew, Matthew the 12th chapter, and let's start, uh, we're going to read the first chapter through uh, uh, the 8th chapter. Let's read that together, and it says, At that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were in hunger, they were hungry, and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was, a, when he was hungry, and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy. Son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So one of the things we see here that's very powerful that Jesus is teaching as we read through chapter 12 right now, is he's trying to show the religious people that you guys are hypocrites. He's trying to show them that you guys are teaching in a way that you're putting a burden, teaching things that you don't follow. And, and the reality of it is I never created any days for good to be absent or for light not to shine in. <laughs> and that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to take away the light on the Sabbath. They were trying to take away healing, deliverance, people doing good deeds. Because the word of God was revealing to them, they should recognize that by faith, God is looking at us to do good deeds. So let's read verses 9. And, and Jesus, we're about to see Jesus heal uh, uh, the wither, a wither hand in verse uh, 9 through 13. Let's look at what it says. It says, And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days, 
that they might accuse him. Now, this is amazing. They're asking him, is it lawful to heal? Like, they've been healing, you know, like, they've really been doing a lot of different things. Like, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. So they say, is it lawful uh, that you might heal? Verse 11, and he said unto them, what man, now he's about to reveal their hypocrisy, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. So he tells them it is lawful to do well. And then in verse 13, then said he to the man, stretch forth thy hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored, the word of God says, whole like as the other. So we see that Jesus did not play any games with the Pharisees that came trying to teach the or teaching the law in a way that was not even the way the Father gave it to them. So Jesus was coming to fulfill the law so that the people would know that it's always good to do good. It's always good to step out by faith, whatever day of the week it is. And Jesus was coming to break down their hypocrisy so that the people can run into the kingdom. You have to know that when people teach an error, when people teach things that are not accurate, they really are hindering people from entering the kingdom. And God is raising up leaders in these last days that would teach accurately so people would know that you can be forgiven, that people can know you can walk uh, in a life uh, 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 that that is empowered. You can walk in a life that that is full of wisdom. You can live a life that's full of knowledge and joy and hope. And and you don't have to live uh, defeated. You don't have to live depressed or oppressed. He's raising up people to teach accurately because inside of His Word is our healing. Inside of His Word is our deliverance. Inside of His Word is our freedom. The Bible says, "Who the Son sets free is free indeed." Jesus is is the Word of God. And as we understand it, as we study it, as we gleam it, then we're going to become free in every area of our life. One of my favorite scriptures is Matthew 8, 32, 31. Jesus told his disciples, if you continue in my word, I'm here to tell you that as we study this word, God's intent for us to study it is for us to look and see ourselves that we might be free, that we might be healed, that we might be delivered. The Word of God is able to do that for you. So let's continue to go on. So Jesus tells them how they're hypocrites. And then let's read, uh, let's go into verse 14. It says, then the Pharisees went out and held a council. This is the first time they held a council against Jesus uh, to actually um, kill him. And so Pharisees were the first group of people that says, we got to get rid of this guy. This guy is really uh, coming and he's going to take everybody away. And everybody's going to be following after him if we're not careful. So let's look at this uh, really quickly. Um, uh, as it says, then do it, he withdrew himself from this, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. I love Jesus' ministry, man. He healed them all and charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. 
and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. So Jesus is revealing to us, oh my God, something so powerful that the reality of it is, is that when you follow me, healing is going to take place. When you follow me, you will be made whole. He was opening up the door. The Bible calls Jesus the door. He was opening up the door to the kingdom for us to run in and be safe. And all we had to do was grab a hold of what he was saying and let go of what we heard before. And this is the hardest thing. That's why today I'm really believing God as our, our church continues to grow, as we continue to expand, that God will send us individuals that believe him, but they're unchurched because it's hard when people have learned things and they are holding on to things they're learned they have learned and those very things that they have learned are keeping them in bondage are keeping them depressed oppressed because they don't see a way out I'm, I believe that God is sending people and even those people who it's hard for I believe in God will begin to shift their mind so that they can be free and really walk in what God has promised for us to walk in John 10 10 he said I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So as we're studying the word of God, I'm telling you, God is raising you up for you to be free, for you to be healed, for you to be whole, for you to walk in the fruit of the spirit, for you to walk in his image and likeness, and for you to dominate. His original intent for your life was for you to be planted in the house of the Lord so that you would flourish, so that you would dominate everywhere that you go Everything that you do, God wants you to prosper in it. So we see here in chapter 12, we see uh, that Jesus is revealing uh, Matthew. It says, then was, brought, uh, then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil. This guy was blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw very powerful. So Jesus didn't allow him to go, go away with a half healing. He made sure that he healed him completely. And then look at what it says. It says, and all the people were amazed. They were actually shocked and said, is not this the son of David? And then look at what happened. <laughs> Here is haters come. <laughs> Verse 24, it says, But when the Pharisees heard it, these, these are the first people that set a council to kill him and destroy him. They said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. So now they're accusing Jesus of having a devil. You know, bless you, Dr. Martin. And, and, and they're telling him, they're telling him, that you're casting out devils not the way we cast them out, but you're casting them out with a different spirit. And now Jesus had to really reveal to them in verse 25. Let's look at what it says. It says, And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided in a house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, so now Jesus is revealing how we actually cast out devils, how devils are actually driven out, is through the Spirit of the living God. That's how it takes place. And so as Jesus releases the word of God, then the spirit of God uh, uh, casts out the spirit or drives out the spirit. And so Jesus is revealing to them, you know, you're saying that I'm doing it by another spirit. How are your children doing it? They're going to rebuke you or they're going to put you to shame because they the spirit of God. 
And then look at what it says. It says, number verse 29, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me, look at this, is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. One of the things in this context of scripture that I really want you to grab a hold of is that Jesus, he, he revealed to them that there is another kingdom in operation. In each of our lives, we have to know whether we like it or not, there's a war going on. I hope you're hearing me. And it's up to us to side with Jesus and to take his yoke upon us to follow after him, to follow his instructions so that every day we wake up, we would enter into the victory he has already won us. See, when we fight, what we do is remind the devil we remind the kingdom of darkness what the kingdom of light has already done, and we remind the kingdom of darkness that we are sons of light. We are a part of the light. And when we do this, how many of y'all know it's the same way? As you come into your house, you turn on the light, what does darkness do? Darkness is completely expelled, not because you come in our house and you're trying to Fight. Oh, it's dark in here, so I, you know what I'm saying. It's dark in here, so I let me let me fight my way to the light. No, you you come in the house, you don't have to fight, you don't have to pull out a sword, you don't have to say you know say say anything. Only thing you have to do is do what: come in and turn on the light. And Jesus is saying, um, through my word, we're able to turn on the light so that darkness can be dispelled. But we need to know it doesn't matter how much we have grown, it doesn't matter how pure our hearts are before the Lord. It doesn't matter how much we know. We need to know that there is a kingdom of darkness that is always trying to take us out of place. That is it's trying to take people out of place, trying to spew error into the hearts of people, trying to cause there to be discord. He doesn't want to see unity. Is right in the house of God. He's trying to get us to be offended by leadership, trying to get us to be offended by one another, trying to get us to step into unforgiveness with one another, trying to get us to be prideful against one another, trying to get us to be in competition with one another so that we will not fulfill the desires of our king. Because he knows that all of these things he's trying to get us in, he's trying to get us in those so he can take us out of the light. Somebody say, not today, say, I'm staying in the light, I'm staying in agreement, I'm staying in covenant, and I'm going to carry out what God has called for me to carry out. So look at what it says in verse 31. Shall be forgiven unto me, unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. Neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So Jesus was, was coming to how sensitive the Father is about his spirit and that we have to be careful that we don't put our mouths willingly against the spirit of the living God. And, 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 and a lot of people are, you know, they read this and they say, oh my God, you know, I don't ever, you know, it puts them in bondage because I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. You have to know that the individuals that actually do this, they really have to have a strong knowledge of the things of God and they really have to do it so intentionally. It's not something that you could just do by mistake. So some of you, you know, the enemy would try to convince you, you did it by mistake. You blasphemed the Holy Spirit. So you're going to hell on 
the first bus that takes you people to hell. You know, the devil is a liar. You have to really be intentional and really know what you're doing in order to fall under these two lines because God is gracious. God is kind. He don't want to see anybody go to hell. He, he, he brought people into this world for them to experience heaven on earth and for them after earth for them to enter into his heavenly gates. So verse 33, look at what it says. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. There are a lot of people that you're going to come across, and they're going to want you to know them by what they say. And the reality of it is we can never know anybody by just what they say. We have to know them by their fruit by what they do, by the peace that they show, by the joy that they exhibit, by the love that they walk in. That's how we really get to know people. That's how we get really get to know our Father is by His fruit. And then look at what it says. Jesus is about to uh, really tell them how He feels about them. Oh, generation of viper, how can you be an evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I mentioned this uh, uh, Sunday because a lot of times we don't know uh, uh, that, you know, whenever we're hurt or wounded or bleeding, that it's going to show up, and it can show up in areas we didn't think it would show up at all. We could be praying, and we could pray something that, like the early disciples did. He said, you know, Jesus, come on, let's just bring fire upon him. And he said, I didn't come to kill nobody. I came to save. And so we have to really be careful uh, about our wounds and, 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 and our hurt and our unforgiveness and our bitterness towards other people because whether we know it or not, we're going to pour that stuff into the lives of those we even love. And that's why Jesus doesn't just tell us to do stuff just to do it. He tells us to do stuff so that our legacy, when we're pouring out things over people's lives, so that we can pour it out from a pure heart, a place of a place of uh, peace, a place of joy, a place of, 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 of substance. And so uh, we won't get any flies in the ointment or the oil that God has poured out in our life. And we won't allow uh, bitterness to be poured out in our family and on our spouses because we're bitter to Towards somebody else. So God reveals to us, get that stuff out of your heart, get it out of your, get it out of your mind, get it out of your spirit, so that I can use you as a vessel of honor. Now God can still use anybody. He'll use you while you're bitter. <laughs> he will he will use you while you're walking in unforgiveness. He will use you, you know, uh, while you're lying, while you're cheating. He will use you while you're fornicating. God will use anybody. But the reality of it is, you don't want God to use you and then be uh, you workers of iniquity. You want him to use you and then say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because as he was using you, you cooperated with the government. You cooperated with the lifestyle. You cooperated with the mentality. You cooperated with the love he told us to show one another. So let's go to verse uh, 35. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasures bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every judgment, this is very powerful. Verse 36 is revealing to us every single idle word, even when we're joking. Uh, God is saying, you're going to have to give an account. You know, one of the things that I pray sometimes, I, I pray, Lord, give me crop failure for anything that I've spoken against your will, your desire, you know, uh, because I don't want to go before him in anything that I've done in the earth to be burned up. I want to come out pure, come out pure as gold, and I want to come out 
uh, 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 in a way that everything that I've done before him is pleasing in the sight. Now, I'm not saying that I'm trying to be perfect in Jesus' mighty name. So look, verse 36, it says, but I say unto you, every idle word. And then 37, it says, for by thy words, thou shalt be what? Justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Very, very powerful. So our words are the vehicle that God wants to use in order to keep us in line with his will. Our words are the vehicle God wants to use to help us stay in sync with leadership, to stay in sync with our brothers, to stay in sync with our calling. Our words are the vehicle God wants to use to help us to overcome when we find ourselves dealing with difficult obstacles. Our words are what God wants us to use to be able to bring down mountains that try to stand in our way from getting us to the next place in God. Our words are used by faith to carry out his divine purpose and his divine will for our life. So we have to be very careful. The Bible says it this way. It says, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So God takes, he pays more attention to our words than anything else. And the reason being is that every word we speak, we don't know it, but it goes out of our mouths and then comes into our heart. So everything we say goes out of our mouths and then it's like a seed that is planted into our heart. So when our hearts is filled with worry, then out of our mouths, our language will be a language of worry. When our hearts are filled from the words that we speak with fear, then out of our mouths, we will speak the language of fear. But God is trying to get us to a place where our language is filled with the word of God by faith and as our language is filled with the word of God by faith, then our heart will be filled with the word of God by faith. So when the enemy comes now to try to put worry in and try to put doubt, try to put fear in, now we have the armor of God on to protect our heart from being into lies. So we have to be a people to recognize that the Bible says in Proverbs that we should guard our heart with what? All diligence. How are we going to do that? We're going to do that by making sure we pay attention on a regular basis what comes out of our mouth and we also got to guard what is coming into our mind because there is nobody on God's green earth. I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care how much power you walk in. I don't care how much authority you have. There's no, not one of us that is able to control everything that comes into our mind. Listen to me. There's not one of us. You can look up the most, your, your favorite pastor, bishop, apostle, archbishop. We cannot control what comes into our mind, but the reality of it is, once it comes into our mind, we can reject it. The linger it takes place in our heart because the enemy is trying to plant things into our mind on a regular basis so that we can get them in our mouth and speak them out of our mouth so that those things would get into our heart. But Jesus is revealing to us we have to keep our words accurate before him. Look at what he told Joshua. He said, Joshua, look, it's plain, it's simple for you to prosper and be in good health. The reality of it, what you need to learn how to do is keep my word on your mouth. And the way you're going to do that is by meditating, keeping my word in your mind and in your heart. I hope you all are learning something today. So look at this, verse, uh, uh, verse uh, 38. Look at what it says. It says, Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we show us a sign. <laughs> Here they go. He said, show us a, a, a sign that we might see before thee. And then 
But he answered and said unto them in verse 39, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. So we as a people, you know how people say, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for the signs and wonders. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. I'm looking. The reality of it is the Bible, the only thing the Bible tells us to pursue is in Matthew 6.33. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It also talks about, you know, peace and different things. But in the kingdom, that's in the kingdom. So look at what it says. It says, an evil and adulterous generation seek about the sign. When you seek the kingdom, you have to know that signs will follow having the peace, not having the love. When God wants you to have all of these things in abundance. But somebody say, when you get in place, this is what I love about God. When you get in place, the Bible says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord. Man, I'm telling you, when God sent you to a local assembly that you know they're about his business, you need to line yourself up and say, uh, 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 Lieutenant General, I'm ready for work. I'm ready for battle. Realizing that when you go to battle, you're not going alone.